to the Urban Planners Podcast, hosted by Gigi the Planner. This podcast is about all things urban planning related and otherwise. In this setting, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the planning field. We'll even delve into some very controversial topics involving the role planners have to take in their everyday lives and jobs. Without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. This This is Gigi the Planner. Welcome everyone to episode 9 of the Urban Planners Podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about the day in the life of a public sector planner. So basically I'm going to be talking about myself. Okay, so I just want to take you all through my life as a planner. Um, I've been in three different positions thus far at the same job. And I just want to talk to you guys about what I have been doing or what I have done in those three different positions, just to give insight to those who are in planning school, what we do, what you, you know, may expect, um, working as a public sector planner and keep in mind, most planners end up being, end up working in the public sector field. So I started off as an intern. I was in my last semester in undergrad and I started working there as an intern and I interned for the city of Pompano Beach for a whole year. And so initially, they had me doing a lot of little small tasks, predominantly file organization. So I helped with um, eliminating most of the paper files and sending them off to a company to be scanned. So I did like secretarial work, basically. Um, So I did that a lot in my first year as an intern. I also worked on a complete streets guide. Um, we based it off the city of Fort Lauderdale and, um, that was a very exciting, um, project for me to work on, especially being that I love design and, um, complete streets and all those different types of things. So that was really fun. Um, so I was the main person on that project. We had a few other planners assisting me, but then we ended up getting adopted by city commission. Now, mind you, like a lot of other projects and a lot of other, Things that go on in the planning department is sitting on the shelf right now. So I felt like a lot of my hard work was just not even put to use, but that's whatever. So, yeah, I worked on that guide and that was really fun. And as time progressed and I was moving on into possibly working there full time, I remember maybe about... Six or seven months after I started working there, I applied for a full-time position as a zoning technician. And um, when I went into the interview, they ended up telling me afterwards that I didn't get the job. And that, you know, we'll put you on the public counter so you can get some more experience to be better prepared for the um, zoning type job if I was to apply in the future. So after that interview, I started working at the public counter. Now, initially, I used to love it. Like I mentioned in a previous episode, I used to love working at the public counter. And then over time, it just got annoying. But what I liked about working at the public counter was that it was just able to break up my day from the monotony of just sitting behind the desk. So I always like to be working on like a lot of different things that helps me keeps me motivated a little bit. So I started working at the public counter. They had a mention at that time about me doing permits, 
But the assistant director said that she didn't want that liability to be on me as an intern. So they didn't start me off reviewing permits at that time. So then a few months later, they had opened up a part-time zoning technician position. Basically for me, there were other people there that applied, but I was the one who ended up getting the position because I basically, like I said, the position was for me. So I applied for that and I got it. Now, I remember in the interview when I applied, I asked them, would I still be able to work on my, you know, some of my projects that I had been working on, like the Complete Streets Guide? Um, I had just been adopted and we were going to move forward into, you know, activating that a little bit. And the interviewees, which was the assistant director and the um, principal planner, they said, well, you know... This job title doesn't really call for you to work on those types of things. Um, we need you mainly for, you know, reviewing building permits and, and the like. So you may not be able to get to work on it. Most likely not. And I was a little discouraged a little bit. But I was like, okay. And so like a week later, they called me back into the office. Now I thought they were going to call me in to tell me that I did or didn't get the job. And basically what they they said is, well... You know, we want to give you this job, but you didn't seem as if you really wanted it, um, you know, based on what I was saying, asking the questions about working on other projects. And so I said, you know, I really do want this job. Um, you know, I'll do whatever it has to take. I'm willing to learn. I love learning new things. So I ended up getting the job at the end of the day. So I started working as a zoning tech. Now they call the position assistant planner. And I remember back when I was a zoning tech, there was, and even before then when I was an intern, there had been quite a few people that tried to get that position title changed. After doing like some research around, most um, zoning techs are those doing basically secretarial work, um, and they most likely don't have a degree. So in most cities, zoning tech is usually somebody that just has a, high school diploma, and in some cases, an associate's degree. And, you know, what the city of Pompano Beach was requiring for, for a zoning tech, and in, and in the job description in general, was something more aligned with assistant planner, um, somebody that needs to have at least a bachelor's degree. And in my office, they basically hire people with master's because that's generally what you find out there um, in the planning world. So, yes, I started working as a zoning tech after a year of being an intern. I was about 19 at the time when I got the position, and I continued working at the public counter. I did that a lot. Um, I probably worked there. That prop that may have been about 50% of what I did um, working at the public counter. I also did started reviewing building permits at this time. So a lot of, you know, small scale building permits like driveways, fences, you know, those types of things, pools, sheds, small, minor, um, single family home type building permits. Not single family home in general, just those small projects for single family homes. So and then I also became the secretary for two boards. So the Historic Preservation Board and the Economic Development Council. Now, 
I hated, hated, hated doing the minutes. Like, I hated that with a passion. And the reason why I hated it so much was it was just so time consuming. Like, it really was. And I was basically taking verbatim minutes. The meeting can be for one hour, and it would take me like eight hours or more to transcribe the minutes. Now, I did the best that I could in the meeting, but these people talk really fast, and people talking over each other, and all those different types of things. So, it was very long and drawn out. Um, The Historic Preservation Board had about six or seven members, so that wasn't so bad. But the Economic Development Council... They had like 17 members. So I remember in the very beginning, I was just trying to write down names, let alone what they were trying to say. I just need to write down the name so I can know whose voice with what, right? And over time, um, I was able to get it. But initially, as long as I wrote down the name, that's all that really mattered. Now, it was great that the chair did call out that person's name. Before they spoke, because usually, you know, the chair has to let people speak. But, yeah, that was a challenge with that 18 group board. That was a lot of members for real. So, I hated the minutes with a passion. Whew. That was, that was tough. And funny thing, like, right when I, right before I transitioned from being a zoning tech to a planner... They had changed our policy where we didn't have to no longer take verbatim minutes. And then, like, a few months after I moved over to the planner position, they hired someone, like, part-time to take minutes at those boards. You know, the plus side of it was the fact that I learned a lot about historic preservation. I learned a lot about economic development. And, you know, that was that was a really great experience for me. So I enjoyed it. Um, in that aspect of it, I was very, very interested in historic preservation. Um, and we'll have episode one day talking about that, but that was something that I did not enjoy. Um, and some, also some other small tasks I did was like zoning letters. That's basically information that people want, you know, written information. So... Sometimes people ask you questions and say, oh, I want that written down, I guess, so they can take that somewhere and they can use that for future reference. So I did those. Um, those are usually like simple, um, cut and dry type zoning letters. You use a template, you copy paste, voila, you're done. So the work was, you know, was simple in essence. And then I became a planner. So I was a zoning tech for about two and a half years, two years or so. And I've been a planner for about three years now, maybe. I can't remember. It's been a while. But yeah, I became a planner. And once I became a planner, still part-time, I started reviewing site plans. So in essence, site plans are just a little bit more complicated than building permits. It's basically the same thing. You just delving more into the code and that was interesting because I had been working there for about three years or so and there were some certain parts of the code that I never really looked at because the permits that I had never required me to look at those sections of the code so um, there were times when I had to basically I had to look at the whole code 
when I got a site plan. I had to look at every single thing on the site. I had to look at the parking. I had to look at lighting. I had to look at landscaping, setbacks, accessory dwelling units. Just everything that was on the site I had to look at. So that required me to do and learn a lot more of what the code was requiring. So that was some very good experience. I have not done many site plans. Basically, um, my role as a part-time planner was to take a lot of the load of the building permits off of a lot of people. Um, when I became a planner, I got a lot more complicated permits. Um, I got a lot of sign permits, a whole lot of sign permits. And I got a lot of more commercial project permits. So that was something that I got more of. And one thing that I'm happy about, the boards were taken away from me. So I no longer had to deal with those meeting minutes. Even though, like I said, right before I transitioned over, they had made it a little bit less complicated. But I did not like doing that at all. So, and also... I no longer really had to do the public counter. I think I had to cover like lunch for like one hour or so, but the public counter was basically taken away from me as well, um, which was also good and bad. Like I said, I didn't really like the public counter, but I did like the way that it had broken up my day and gave me some variety in my day because sitting behind the desk, you know, for eight hours or so can be drag um and then I also just started doing other little small tasks related to the building permits that I got um being that they were more complicated sometimes they require additional things like administrative adjustments which is basically um it's sort of like a variance but it's administratively um so instead of having to go before the board for a variance, the Zoning Board of Appeals, um, people could come in and we would administratively, like via the, the Director of Planning and Zoning, um, we would just approve it that way. So for instance, some, a lot of the administrative adjustments had to do with like dimensional standards. So if somebody wanted to have um, a fence, you know, one foot taller, we can do that administratively instead of them having to go to um, get a variance. And usually with the variance, it's a little harder to justify, um, you know, a hardship. And administrative adjustment, you really have to justify a hardship. And of course, as you all know, economic hardship is not a true hardship when it comes to trying to get a variance or anything. But administrative adjustments, I did quite a few of those. Um, I did a unity of title, people trying to conjoin two pieces of property into one. That was sort of a complicated situation and some other things that I can't think of off the top of my head, but I delved into more of those types of things based on the permits that I got and then being a little bit more complicated, they required uh, more complicated tasks associated with them. And then recently, um, they have us all reviewing zoning use certificates. So basically, zoning use certificates are associated with our occupational licenses, our business tax receipts. I know they're called different things in different places, but basically, it's the first step to get a business license with the city. And 
the applicants have to submit a zoning certificate so we make sure that the business that they are trying to bring into our city you know it meets the code based upon the location and those types of things so we look at that we look to see if they may need a um, change of occupancy change of use with the building division based upon what was there previously we look at parking to see if they have adequate parking on site and those types of things just to ensure that they're able to come in now prior to a few months ago we used to have just one designee reviewing the zoning certificates and actually she quit because she didn't want to do that and they told her that she wasn't going to be doing that you know all by herself but they ended up not changing it for her. So she ended up quitting. So after she quit, the other person I knew how to do it went out of town for like a month. And that forced them and propelled them to give that task to more planners. So basically, we all do it now. We all review the zoning certificates. Um, they can be simple, then they can be complicated. Um, so we have to, you know, double check all those, a lot of different things when it comes to that. So I'm sort of happy I got that now since I, because all I really was doing was reviewing permits. I'm like, this is getting extremely, extremely, extremely boring, reviewing permits all day and all night. I'm like the permit guru at this point. So yeah, that's basically what I do on a daily basis. Um, as you all know, I'm part-time, so my tasks are a little bit different than others. Now, as it relates to what other people do in my office... Um, the other zoning techs or assistant planners now, they were doing all the same tasks that I was doing. Now, they worked with some of the more complicated boards, like the Planning and Zoning Board and the Architectural Appearance Committee. Um, and the Zoning Board of Appeals, they deal with those boards more closely. So, that was something that I officially did not want to get myself into like I was already over the two boards that I had and those were considered small boards and um, I remember when I was applying to become a full-time planner about a year or so ago and I didn't end up getting the position they asked me if I wanted to get a full-time zoning tech position and I was like no no thank you I think they figured maybe she is just trying to get a full-time job, I was just trying to to make more money or whatever. No, I was not trying to go backwards. I had been a zoning tech for about two and a half years. I was not going back to that. I was not going back to doing, you know, more menial tasks. That is not what I wanted. So, and I especially didn't want to deal with those boards. Like I said, Historic Preservation Board Economic Development Council wasn't as daunting. But those boards, planning and zoning boards, those meetings could go on for hours and hours. And I was not interested at all. So um, the assistant planners, they're, you know, they do a lot of administrative stuff, honestly. Um, dealing with the boards, also the development review committee, which is our more of our in-house committee as it relates to the site plans is the first step. And basically the people on those boards are city employees from different departments and um, also what we have is pre-application. So pre-application is a meeting that we require for our major site plans for people to come to meet with us 
to you know get a good sense of what we require prior to them moving fully into the process. So basically that is their main task is to deal with the boards, um, the public counter, and building permits. That's basically all they do. Now, the other planners in my department, the full-time planners specifically, they do a lot of site plans. That's what they do for the most part. A lot of site plans, um, some building permits, um, zoning certificates, like I was mentioning before. And certain people have certain niches and they have, you know, additional tasks based upon their specific capabilities. Um, we have two quote unquote urban design planners in office. Um, they actually have a landscape texture background and um, worked as landscape architects prior to working with the city of Pompano Beach. They are our urban design planners and um, they've done some design work in the office a little bit and deal with those more complicated design type things in the office. And then we have one planner. She deals with, she doesn't even do like what everyone else does at all. Like she doesn't review permits at all based upon her experience. Uh, she deals with a lot of variances and things of that nature in her position based upon what she did previously. Cause she came into our office. She was you know, already had years of experience. A lot of the other planners that have come in are just fresh and new, so they don't have any particular um, niches quite yet. And then, so yeah, that's what they do. And then we have two principal planners. Their job titles have switched a lot. So let me just speak briefly on the annoyance that occurs every time somebody leaves and is rehired. So in the perfect world, if someone was to leave to, you know, work for the job, I would think that, you know, we would try to hire someone to fill that person's role, right? If they were doing, you know, say building permits and zoning certificates and this and that, you will try to find somebody and hire somebody to fill that person's role. We don't do that at City of Pompano Beach. We hire people and then based upon that person's capabilities, we may restructure the whole department. And it's happened so many times. Like, people end up getting new supervisors, people's tasks change, and it's like, it's really annoying. Now, if a person comes in the office with a particular specialty, that person would be doing that particular thing the whole time they're there. They're the only person that's not really going to change too much. So, for instance, recently, when I got there, actually, she was the principal planner when I got there. She left, worked for another company, then she came back on a contracted basis and a part-time basis and a full-time basis, then she came back as a principal planner after about six years. So, when she became the principal planner, like, our whole department shifted again because she has a particular specialty the role of the previous person has still had to be filled. So a lot of things had to be shifted and changed um, when that happened. So that is extremely annoying to me because um, we should just be hiring people to fill the other person's role. I think that would be, you know, the perfect scenario. I don't know what happens in other, you know, planning departments, but that happens in our department and I don't like it at all because I've had quite a few <laughs> different 
supervisors because of stuff like that. Um, that's basically what we do in our office. Um, as I mentioned in my previous episode, we don't do much actual planning work. I am currently working on a a SIPTED code um, change within our zoning code. But SIPTED is Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design. I actually took that class when I was in college. Um, and me and another co-worker, we were working on um, including that in our code. So we've been doing a lot of research. And the research that we have done is basically there's nothing. <laughs> there's no other city really um, in the U.S. that has this in their code. So there's nothing for us to really base this off of. But we've done a ride-along with the police. And we've just done a lot of research based upon our knowledge of what SIPTED is. We are trying to incorporate that. So for those of you who do not know, SIPTED is based on, like I said, crime prevention through environmental design. So it's just that. So designing space, designing atmospheres, designing buildings to prevent crime. Um, So for instance, um, instead of having a board-on-board fence around a piece of property, you will have a picket fence. Because with the board on board fits, you can't see within inside the, the property. And if there is crime or activity happening, no one can see it. It's easier for it to happen. Um, you know, other things that strongly encourage through SIPTED is, you know, security cameras, all the different types of things, low shrubbery. And so we are working on, you know, adding that in our code. So that is a fun project for me, actually. Um, I like I like this challenge. Um, it's something different than what I've been doing over the years, which is predominantly building permits. But yeah, that is basically all that I do, all that I have done. My experience has been sort of limited and curtailed. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I work in a rather large department. And it has been a challenge for me to try to do other things because of that so everybody has their own particular task and we don't have the ability to work on a lot of different things so I know um, in smaller departments it may be overwhelming for you all that are working in smaller departments but you all are getting a wealth of knowledge and experience Um, because what I'm doing in my department is sort of one or two things a much smaller department I will be able to work on a lot of different things and get my feet wet because I can talk about, you know, variances and stuff like that, but I've never actually processed one or worked on one specifically. So it's different when you get to that other side and start working on things. So, yeah, I just want to talk to you guys about that today, the day in the life of a public sector planner. Um, I am going to eventually bring on someone that is going to talk about their experience as a private sector planner. I've considered moving into that a few times. Um, I've applied for a few jobs, just a few, not many, um, and it never worked out. But right now, I'm just trying to be content where I'm at and see where life takes me next. So, yeah, hope you all enjoyed this episode, and I guess that's all, folks. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Urban Planners Podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over and leave a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast so that you won't miss out on an episode. If you would like to buy personalized urban planning gear and other products or are in need of some urban planning career coaching, please head over to ggtheplanner.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at ggtheplanner. Have a great week, and we'll see you next episode.